1: I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show. And along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. And joining me in the studio today to help contribute to our learning journey is Mr. Kerry Carney. Hi, Kerry. Hello, Marty. Hello, D.C. Hello, guests. Hey, you guys. <laughs> Good you're here. Good you're here. I'm proud to let you know we record this show in the studios of 94.3 FM, The Talker which is part of Bold, Gold Media, and we are in my hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. D.C. Taylor, shout out to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Making it happen in northeastern Pennsylvania. We are, man. And the Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. That's c com. You can find the Business Builder Show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. I think we're ready for our guest, D.C. Taylor. Is he on the line? Yes, he is. And his name is Sean Askenosi. Sean, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Marty. I really appreciate it. How did I say the name, okay? Perfect. Perfect. Okay, well, yeah. I'll probably mess that up as we go through, so I apologize. That's fine. Or you can just call me Sean. <laughs> I, I'm going to call you Sean <laughs> going forward. So um, let me talk to you, our audience, that is, about a book that uh, Sean wrote. The title of the book is Meaningful Work, A Quest, to Do Great Business, Find Your Calling, and Feed Your Soul by Sean Askinosie, and he is the founder of Askenosi Chocolate. Someone else helped you with this book, am I correct, Sean?
0: You are. My daughter, Lauren, who's our chief marketing officer, and this was a three-and-a-half-year project, and we worked on it together. So we have a family business, and now we have a family book.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, but here's where I want to start, because I, I think this really sets us up nice. Uh, January 22nd, I believe, the the date. You blogged, and the title of the blog was Go Low. Go Low. Tell me what you blogged.
0: This, uh, I just got back from the Philippines. In fact, I, I feel like I'm on Philippines time right now. And the blog was about an experience that I had in the Philippines starting about three years ago, where, do you want me to just go into the story? Or? Sure, yeah, go okay. ahead. And what happened, um, I'm when I'm in the Philippines, I'm buying cocoa beans, and this year was my 10th year to be buying beans from the same lead farmer. So I'm familiar with it, it's Davao, Philippines. And three years ago, when I was visiting a farm, which I do every time I'm there, I'm looking at cocoa beans, looking at farms, I happened to, um, when I got out of the truck, I saw this little boy, he was um, at the time between two and three years old, Uh, naked, his belly was distended, his hair was discolored, runny nose. I've seen this a thousand times. And when I've been traveling around the world, little children, it's terribly sad, but something happened. I can't really put it to words, but when he looked at me and I looked at him, it was as if he was looking into my heart and I let that happen. I, I let it roll over me. I, I stopped what I was doing. I didn't go visit the farm. I, I went over to where he was and where his brothers and sisters were. Then I'm just kind of walking around. and this, It's in a really poor condition where he lives um, in a little hut, bamboo hut. And next to their hut was a church. So I'm just walking in this church, the dirt floor, bamboo walls, just to look around. And nobody's there. And I turn around, and there he is sitting with his sister on a pew and it kind of freaked me out. I was like, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. It was just, I, I thought there was like some magical quality or something that was happening. And I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it, it really kind of took me back. So, um, to, uh, to fast forward the tape at that point, I knew he was sick. And so I had a friend of mine there and in, in DeVal follow up with him. And then I had a doctor in my hometown do a Skype exam of the little boy and we got him food and got him some nutrition. And then I went back and visited him the next year. And then this past, um, Uh, week I was there in the Philippines and visited him again, just brought him, you know, a coloring book and some stuff and made sure that he had some um, nutritious fortified milk again, that kind of thing. And so the point, what I'm trying to say in this blog is, um, well, what about his brothers and sisters? They deserve help. What about his family? What about the neighborhood that he lives in? It's just terrible, terrible conditions. And my point is that in this life of business, um, are there places where we can just say to ourselves, is, is there one person? Is there just one person maybe that we can help? Um, maybe we can't help everyone. And in the recognition of helping just one person what does that do paradoxically and mysteriously for us mm. so i I've, I've been helping justin a little bit it's not as i said in the blog i'm not i didn't like tell his family i'd pay for food for life or pay for a college education these are just little things mm-hmm. and and i'm not doing it for me but what i'm saying suggesting is that the, the, the paradox and that this is a mystery of service is that we end up often receiving more than we give and i'm sure your listeners can relate to that it happens when we volunteer and we roll up our sleeves we we, at the end of the things that think golly I, i got way more out of that than i gave that's what i'm talking about in the blog
1: where did you where was that post was that on facebook uh, no, it was just my blog, Sean blog. Com,
0: Okay, and then I linked it uh, linked it to uh, LinkedIn.
1: Okay, got uh, it. On LinkedIn. All mm-hmm. right, so that's where people can find this blog, uh, your blog, uh, com, right? And uh, right. that's where they can find that, and they can learn more about that. So let's make it clear on why you are in the Philippines. Uh, in 2006, you left a successful career as a criminal defense lawyer to start a bean-to-bar chocolate factory. All right. I'll get into the criminal defense lawyer thing in a minute, but let's be clear why you are in the Philippines. What are you doing when you're there other than helping out one individual little boy?
0: I was there to buy cocoa beans and examine the next crop. So the farmers had gathered about 9.6 metric tons of cocoa beans out of the 13 that we ordered uh, for this crop season. And so my job was to meet with the farmers, inspect that crop of beans, check it out, see what I thought about it, whether it was meeting our quality specifications. And the other reason I was there is to profit share with the farmers. And I know you've had many guests on your show uh, that that are uh, open book adherents, and I am I happen to be one of them. And so uh, when we profit share, we open our books. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so I was reviewing our financial statements with the farmers and then showing them how we calculate the profit share from the previous year's crop um, and that's that's essentially what I'm doing there. Just continuing to build and develop the relationships um, with the people that started there uh, 10 years ago.
1: Why does this matter? Why are you doing that? The
0: There's several reasons. One of the and let me tell you something on this 56 year old body. A forty-five-year-old, a forty-five-hour trip to the Philippines is not as easy as it was ten years ago. Uh,
1: that's why I asked the question. This is this can be painful. So why are you doing yes, this, man? Two Talk overnight flights.
0: Here, here's why. The first reason is because I still really like it, and I'm I'm flying um, coach, by the way. But I just I really really like it. Yeah. I like going there. The other reason is because I have this um, this vocation. In which I talk about in the book yep. of having a relationship with farmers. That's one of our one of our vocations, and that relates back to me being uh, so close to my grandparents, who were farmers when I grew up, just simple mm-hmm. people. And so I go there to meet with farmers, and just to. And then the third reason is a really practical reason, which is, hey, we want really great tasting mm-hmm. chocolate, and the best way to influence quality is to just do the grueling work of going halfway around the world and making sure the beans are exactly the way we want them to be.
1: And you can buy these great products on your website, which is, tell me your website. At, it's
0: com, and we we ship it all over the country. And there's a zip code locator for people to see if there might be a store Near them that carries our chocolate.
1: Yeah, and I, I got some product, and actually I got a couple of nice hats there. So, you know, it's uh it's it's a it's a great opportunity to buy chocolate and uh, and see and see the uh, background of your work. Okay, so um, it's part of the important story of the book. I'm going to mention the title of the book again. It is "Meaningful Work: A Quest to Do Great Business, Find Your Calling, and Feed Your Soul" by Sean Ascanosi. You know, you may want to spell that last name for us. Sure.
0: A-S-K-I-N-O-S-I-E. That's it.
1: All right. Okay. So this is the poor I'm going to ask. How in the heck did you go <laughs> from criminal defense lawyer to uh bean-to-bar chocolate factory. Does some bolt of lightning hit you when you're in a courtroom or what <laughs> the heck happened, Sean? No, <laughs> uh,
0: no, but I did have chest pains when I was in the courtroom. Uh, okay. Um, and you know what? And I think a lot of people relate to this, that sometimes when you're doing a job and you've done it for 20 years, your body will tell you when it's time to stop.
1: Pay attention.
0: That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I didn't have a heart attack, but I was having some kind of – uh, anxiety and maybe kind of panic attack yeah. that kind of thing yeah. and uh but just body and soul was telling me sean you've done this long enough uh and i loved that job i loved the courtroom you I were loved successful the- i want
1: to make sure people yeah. know this you were yeah. wildly successful in your in in your work were you not
0: i i never lost a criminal jury trial and i specialize in really serious cases murder robbery drugs you never your,
1: let me let me repeat that you never lost uh, a trial never no, lost
0: not a not a criminal jury trial so
1: here you are you have these chest pains something enters your heart literally and maybe from your mind and you say i got to do something different talk yeah, to me about that the problem
0: was i didn't have i didn't i didn't have any hobbies i didn't know how to do anything ah, other than the courtroom I had nothing yeah, um, yeah i you know I could play two songs on the uh, five-string banjo. That wasn't really going to make me very much. And um, uh, Cripple Creek and Foggy Mountain Breakdown. And so you know, I, uh, and and so I, here's what I did. I, I as a Type A, just motivated, driven person. All I did was research, research, research. Talk to all my friends. Can I buy a business? Can I buy a franchise? And I was, I was, I was so intent on finding the next thing that that intensity was one of the things that literally paralyzed me. Uh-huh. And so yeah. the, the, the kind of, um, I, I say secret, but um, I talk about this. So what I ended up doing, and I sort of just walked into this blindly, I didn't know, but I, I started serving in the, um, volunteering in the palliative care department of a local hospital here, which is um, end of life care. Uh-huh. And on Fridays, I would go visit with patients who were in some stage of dying all over the hospital. Sometimes there'd be five patients, sometimes 10 or 15. And I would just visit with them and talk with them as a volunteer. And at the end of my uh, visit, I would say to them, hey, one of the things I do as a volunteer is pray for people. Would you like me to pray for you? And 99% of people in palliative care will take a prayer. And so I would ask them, well, what would you like me to pray for? And I prayed exactly what they said. And this, I would say that um. During those years that I did that, that in the few seconds—and I mean seconds—where I was, I put my hand on their shoulder or their t- held their hand and prayed their prayer. It was the few seconds that I didn't think about myself, mm. and um. So something happened in those moments, and what happened was that in my type a personality um, there was some space created so it was like some just like the exhale of a uh, you know i'm 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 thinking about someone else here yeah and so this again another paradox where well gandhi said if you want to find yourself lose yourself in the service of others and many other people have said things similar that's what happened yeah. that's what that's exactly what happened
1: okay so let's high speed to why a chocolate factory I started developing
0: some hobbies. I bought a big green egg and started cooking and grilling. And then I started baking and then from baking to chocolate desserts. And I was using chocolate, not even knowing where it came from. I had no idea it came from a bean. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day I'm driving to a funeral of a distant relative by myself. And I thought, hey, I'll just make chocolate from scratch. Not having any idea what that meant. I just thought I would melt something and pour something into something. And, um, but within three months of that, um, little idea, light bulb. I was in the Amazon and learning how farmers um, influence the flavor wow. of cocoa. Yeah. So it was the thing I want to say about that is, and the, I know you, you know you'll know what I'm talking about. And that is, I just took a step.
1: Yeah, I
0: took one step, and that was a big one, going to the Amazon. But and then things began to really unfold me, yeah. unfold behind me about on that project and on that quest. Yeah, um, and that, that's how it started.
1: I know you just said that I'll understand. Um, I'd like to think that I do, but your book, as I sent you an email, actually moved me. Kerry Carney has talked to me extensively; how it's moved him. I'm a grizzled type A personality, Sean. <laughs> so, well, and I'm older than you.
0: Put together, <laughs>
1: yeah. You put the two of us in a room. Who knows what happened years ago? But um, so that's why you're here. I I, I want to get people's thoughts. This is a business show. But your message is is important. Um, in terms of uh, some other little comments, Oprah Magazine has uh, a quote about Sean Askenosi. It says, I'm quoting now, one of the 15 guys who are saving the world. One of the 15 guys who are saving the world. Another guy who's kind of famous. His name is Seth Godin who is probably the number one marketing guru probably in the world, uh, praised Sean. And here's what he said. He said, Sean has built a practice of creating a worthwhile luxury good that directly benefits people. Not sort of, not a little, but directly. So in addition, Sean has been in all different kinds of uh, shows and in the news. And Sean, congratulations. You finally made it to the big time. You're on the Business Builder Show. So congratulations. Uh, i glad to be here. <laughs> that you is a joke, awesome. of course. <laughs> all right. So so let's see here. Um, we c- possibly can't cover everything. Again, the book is Meaningful Work, A Quest to Do Great Business, Find Your Calling, and Feed Your Soul. You said the word earlier, Vocation. And you I think it's a whole chapter, vocation, vocation, vocation. And you talk about it personally and professionally your business. So give me a little more details on your on your thoughts on the word vocation.
0: I think vocation um, could be also interchanged with calling. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it's um, something that is deep within us. And I think that it's um, the easy way, I believe, to look at it is calling. And it often sort of conjures up a religious connotation, especially a Catholic um, connotation, and I'm not Catholic. But um, I think now that it's widely accepted that that word can have um, sort of a broader meaning that relates to what is our calling personally and professionally. And yeah. my point in using this with business is that I believe not only can entrepreneurs have a a personal life calling, but I believe there's a way to coalesce that around a business so that the business can be kind of all pulling the oars in the direction of the vocation of the business.
1: So Sean, what's the difference between a mission statement maybe or a vision? Uh, Is there a difference? Talk to me about that.
0: I think that what I, when you said one of the the things that I think of about is that a mission is a statement, and I actually talked to uh, one of my mentors who I know is a friend of yours, Ari Weinzweig from Zingerman's, who's really been helping me since I started this business over 10 years ago yeah. and he we talked about this and so the, the for him the mission statement of Zingerman's would really encapsulate their vocation i think of vocation as kind of the evidence or the action the behavior that supports the mission Yeah. so your mission statement may be hanging on the wall yeah. but what is what's the day to day kind of evidence of your behavior that would that would support that mission
1: yeah yeah so your, your vocation is what's in your heart, what's going to drive you to do the things that, uh, that you're saying you want to do, and, quote, unquote, your vision statement. I'm glad you mentioned our good friend Ari Weinswig, and he is a guru in visioning. However, I want to go a little deeper on that, the idea of your vision. You took the teachings of Ari uh, in mm-hmm. his style, if you will, of visioning, and you modified it a little bit. Go a little deeper into your vision at Askinosie Chocolate.
0: Well, for us, the for my my personal um, vocation is 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 for me to follow this path that will allow me to um, develop relationships that will continue to give me a the chance to transform my heart. And um, and, and when I when I kind of translate that to business, I say um, the, that our that our vocation is, not necessarily getting bigger, but getting better at staying small, and and that is a real challenge in today's world to resist the temptation to grow, 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 scale, scale. But um, answer direct directly to answer your question about Ari and visioning. The thing that I think that we've done with visioning, with Ari's help, is we've we've taken this out um, to students in a way that he really. Um, appreciates um to young people we've taken it to middle schools and in particular and he helped a lot with this we took it to a rural middle school um, in remote Tanzania yeah. and we did we did visioning with 400 middle school kids um, translating it into Swahili and then following up with those higher we hired a person to literally live there a Tanzanian woman to follow up with these kids and so we're taking that as deep as we possibly can and, uh, and in fact, literally today, we're, we're starting a construction project in this little village where we buy cocoa beans in Tanzania for the purpose of being able to continue this vision work with children. So I think that's a big thing, uh, one of the really big things that we've done with Ari's help.
1: And that was the first time you actually did that visioning process with your daughter, Lauren, right? And that, you were yes. a little intimidated doing that, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I've, done, I've been
0: <laughs> visioning with churches and and, and and with businesses, but when they said, "Can you do this with these middle school girls?" I was like,
1: uh, uh,
0: what? "Wait a minute!" <laughs> yeah, no, I but can't wait do a that. minute,
1: you should be able to present to anybody. But this this intimidated you a little bit. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was cool. Was again, crowd. you got you got to get the book. Uh, his name is Sean Askenosi. His company is Askenosi Chocolate, and you can go onto that website. The title of the book is again is Meaningful Work. A quest to do great business, that's first, by the way, find your calling and feed your soul. So we're going to run out of time, but here's where I want to go now, because you mentioned it, you you alluded, and you you said it a little earlier, but this whole idea of reverse scale. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about reverse scale. Give me a little more detail on that. What do you mean? sure the, the we we are as entrepreneurs we're constantly
0: confronted with the question about our ideas, our projects, and our business with this: will it scale, how fast will it scale, how big can it scale, and we feel this compulsion. As entrepreneurs to say, well, sure, it will scale. And here's how, because it's what's expected, investors expected of us, Uh, our friends expect it uh, because they want us to do well. Chambers of commerce expect it because they want more jobs. And so we've just been conditioned to grow, 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 and grow exponentially. And my challenge to the reader and to people that I talk to is, can you step back a minute and think about reversing that and turning that sort of scale pyramid upside down and focus on the question, will this project or idea help one person? Like I talked about at the beginning of your show with Justin mm-hmm. or, or can it, what if it just changes me? Mm. What, what, if, what if it just causes the change in me? Yeah. Is it still worthy? And the answer is absolutely. And so many entrepreneurs are, are sort of, um, tamped down, because of this myth that if the idea can't scale that it somehow doesn't have value yeah. and i really want to challenge that notion and and because we we need to come up with sort of a new set of metrics of what is business success that somehow doesn't include you know our you know, duty to contribute to GDP. Yeah, uh, you know, amen. And, and, and so this is the way. This is the way I'm saying. You know, <laughs> yeah. what can we do? What can we do to just turn this upside down and say, even though it's small, how can this this thing that I'm working on that's very small um, keep me the entrepreneur tethered to my business? And when I say tether, what I mean is. Keep me connected to the thing that drew me to the business that I love in the first place because when we grow, we tend to lose that human connection that was part of our business when we first started it. And before we know it, we don't have it anymore. And the other thing that I think is important about reverse scale is I believe that that practice, the practice, well, the practice of, of, of seeing Justin, it is a practice of helping me find my true self. And I think that whether we're in business or we're in life or whatever, that that for me is the ultimate goal. What can I do as a business person during the day or during the evening that will give me the chance to see my true self?
1: Wow. Okay. We need to wrap up. Again, we can't possibly cover everything in the book. Uh, What you just said, I think is a strong close. But is there anything that I missed, didn't ask you that you want to close with?
0: Not that I can think of. I'm, I really am happy to be here, and I'm I'm so thankful that that you took the time with me. And this, I, I I believe these are important issues, and I'm thankful for the chance to talk about them.
1: You're the best man, so our guest has been is Sean Ascanosi. His company is Askenosi Chocolate. You want to buy. Uh, dozens thousands of these books <laughs> meaningful work a quest to do great business find your calling and feed your soul sean thank you so much for being on the show
0: thank you marty and carrie i really appreciate it
1: thank you for listening to the business builder show with marty wolf reminding you to find this show and many other shows on csuiteradio.com so on behalf of myself marty wolf your host dc taylor my executive producer and my buddy carrie carney Thank you for listening to The Business Builder Show.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you. It's The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.